Hey everyone, this is James Mackey and welcome to the Breakthrough Hiring Show. Join us as we cover high-level thought leadership and step-by-step guides on how to make people a competitive advantage for your organization. I'm incredibly proud to be the CEO of Secure Vision, the sponsor of this show and the number one contract recruiting, embedded recruiting, and RPO firm. A thank you to our partners, Greenhouse, the hiring operating system for people-first companies, and Gem, the all-in-one hiring solution recruiters love. Let's go. Hello. Welcome to the Breakthrough Hiring Show. I'm your host, James Mackey. Got a really great episode for you today. We are joined by Fiaz Raspari. Fiaz, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Yes. And before we jump into it, we're going to be talking about the hiring market and cybersecurity. It would be great if you could share your background with everyone so they understand your point of impact, your perspective, where you're coming from. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've been in the cybersecurity industry for quite some time, about 23 years now in the cyber industry. Actually started out on the in the insurance and financial sector as a basically a cybersecurity practitioner, a security engineer, incident responder, and then got a chance to move into the the the, the OEM industry, actually ones that are building cyber products, right? Got my hands involved in a lot of different roles. I'm very lucky and honored to to have worked for large companies like Symantec and Mandiant, FireEye, went over to Optiv, did some stuff for in threat, in the threat intelligence space at Recorded Future, and then also Gigamon. From a variety of large industry-known companies and uh, many different roles, yeah, it's been super exciting and always been a wild ride. And today, I have my own company called IntelliGuard. So we provide uh, cybersecurity services, managed detection response, and we we do tailored security operations center buildouts. Okay, cool. And do you are you primarily working with like startups, SMBs, enterprise? What types of customers do you work with? Yeah, really good question. The range of customers we have are pretty wide. We have smaller customers that are SMBs, definitely like 50 employees. But then we have some larger customers up to 10,000 employees as well. So it's a pretty wide range. Okay, cool. Nice. That's just good context for folks to have. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's just start with the with state of hiring. We're seeing a lot of rifts and layoffs. I want to dial in on this specifically in terms of cybersecurity. Of course, like in the greater tech economy, it's pretty brutal out there. We're seeing enterprise tech companies lay a lot of people off. And that's trickling down all the way to startups. It's probably the most suppressed job market since the dot-com bubble. It's been a significant decline. A lot of people have been out of work for months. So I'm just curious, is this trend from what you're seeing continuing into cybersecurity? Is it just as bad? Is it maybe yeah. like layoffs, but maybe not quite as bad because cyber is just such like it's growing and I feel like there's always yeah. a job shortage. What's going on? Yeah, it's funny from the outside lens, people think all oh, cyber is so hot and it's just it's a really good place to get into, which is true. Uh, but yeah, it, the fact of the matter is it has bled over into the cyber industry as well. And from my perspective, and just seeing from the employer side as well, there's definitely a lot more due diligence in, in hiring and making sure that they have the right candidates. But then also, like you said, definitely there's been a ton of risks, even the cybersecurity side of things where I've seen uh, a ton of really good, talented individuals, they get, get impacted. And it's not that they weren't doing their jobs right, or they weren't good, or they weren't, it's just purely just looking at the business's bottom line, right? You make cuts. And, and many times, unfortunately, you look at the ones that are paid the highest and also with the guys that are paid the highest or gals that are paid the highest, they also are very experienced and know their stuff and they get impacted. So definitely have seen a lot of that. As far as what you're saying, trends in, in seeing this continue, I, I, I'm being optimistic. I'm, I feel like it's going to I don't think it's going to continue. It probably will for a little bit longer. And considering the economy and the state of the 
the situation on a global level. But I do feel, and from a hiring side too, I do see there's a lot of hiring back going on now where they, companies have let go of a, a good pool of talent. And now they're like, oh, okay, we actually do, we, we need to fill some gaps again. So now there's some rehiring happening as well. That's good. I don't think I'm seeing a ton of rehiring yet in the tech market. I, I am seeing I am seeing more jobs, more job postings from startup scale ups, but yeah. it's still like very rocky in terms of. I'll speak with leaders that are there are still things like okay, here's our hiring plan, and then the board wants to review it again, and then budget gets pulled for the hiring plan. So there's a lot of stop go. You're, you're right. Yeah. And it's weird. It's like I'm having, because my company, it's contract recruiting, embedded recruiting and RPO. Yeah. We work with a lot of tech companies, not exclusively, yeah. but a lot of tech companies. And we'll, even in hot sectors, whether it's cybersecurity or healthcare, we're going to, we put together a proposal, they give us their hiring plan and we put together, okay, this is the number of resources it's going to take, the number of hours. Like we, we put together these robust plans because they have budget approval yeah. Yeah. and we get all the way to the finish lines. Hold up. The board <laughs> wants to review. We're going to we're going to hold off on another quarter. So it's, I have, it's interesting with these exec, like CPOs and VPs of talent and CEOs, it's almost like these reco- like recurring touch base conversations where they're like, yeah, we're going to be ready to move. And then everybody's stalling out because everybody's looking for momentum and indicators that things are starting to improve. So at this yeah. point in Q4, I feel like the hiring market, quite honestly, it feels more suppressed even than Q3 and Q3 usually is worse. Now this is from the perspective of me selling RPO and embedded services. So I am seeing more job postings, but I'm not necessarily seeing an increase in demand, which does not necessarily mean that maybe more jobs are opening, but I also think that there's like jobs posting, but people aren't there. It's like more of this pipeline building motion where they're not actually pushing hard to, to make the hires. And unfortunately I, I don't necessarily trust aggregate data out there to tell me how the job employment market is doing in the tech industry because there's a lot of things that are filtered into tech that are not necessarily these software companies that we refer to when we talk about tech yeah, or managed yeah. services. So I don't know. It's interesting. I haven't seen a rebound happen as of yet. I think Q4 is basically going to be a wash. I don't see things getting particularly better. Yeah. And hopefully in yeah. Q1 or Q2, it's going to be better, but I don't think it's going to happen fast. Yeah, yeah. Speaking from a statistical perspective, I was just looking at some numbers. It's, I think it's CyberSeek. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's they pulled together a ton of good data on CyberSeek where they look at, and it, I think it goes back actually 10 years or higher, this historical data trends around employment in the cyber industry all the way up to current. And I was actually looking at the numbers and it's interesting actually see, and to your point, right? If you look at the number of vacant positions, and I'm not thinking globally because there's all these grandiose numbers globally. Where there's the, the latest number I saw was 3.5 million vacant jobs, right? But that's globally, and there's always, like you said, it's hard to gauge that and the accuracy of it, and which ones are really there, which ones are not. But in the U.S. market too, if you even just do a quick comparison of like current 2023 to 2022, I think the numbers are something like 2022. 780 some thousand jobs were vacant versus this year, it's gone down by almost a couple hundred thousand, like this yeah. 500 and some thousand that are vacant, right? It's still a lot, right? In the US, right? there, there's a lot of vacant jobs out there, but that just shows the tenacity of the actual ones that were, they're not vacant anymore, right? For various different reasons, whether it was just, they're just not there or 
folks were get let go or structure restructures happen to your point where, you know, even on the hiring side, it's and I'm seeing some of that too, where it's just like, there's these open positions, but but there it's like the hurry up and wait. Like, yeah, yeah, we we have things and then it just slows to a crawl. And then at the eleventh hour, it's oh, hang on, we're we're not ready yet, or they just completely go radio silent, right? That I, I do see some of that too. Yeah. Do you have any insights on maybe which roles have been easier for cybersecurity companies to fill and which ones there's still, there's such a shortage in terms of a skill gap that the roles are still very much so in demand and there maybe there isn't quite as big of a talent pool. I would just like to hear a little bit more about yeah, what's easier and what's so really hard. That's a really good question. That I, I feel that the ones that suffer more, honestly, and this might be a, a different answer than you would typically get, but if you look at the leadership roles, what I've been seeing a, a ton of is a lot of the senior leaders are also getting impacted in the industry right now. And then if you look at the amount of leadership roles that are out there, they're usually less, right? Typically, a lot of the companies talk about startups, right? When they're scaling, they they, they want someone that can do it all. They, they want the individual contributor that can get their hands dirty, get in there, do stuff, actually execute, but then also have some leadership qualities and traits so that actually they can grow and push forward, right? But then if you look at the pure, the leader that's been in the industry for 20 years, not saying that they haven't done it before, but they're not looking for that execution type of role. They're looking for more of a, a leader role or a mentor, or guider, that type of role, right? So what ends up happening is that there is a, a huge pool of these candidates that are out there. And then there's just a few positions that are out there that that are like VP or C-levels. And then now you've got hundreds and hundreds of candidates going for that one job, right? Yeah. So like that, I've seen that a lot too, right? Versus with the analyst role and the engineer role, that, that those sorts of roles, there's many out there and there's also many candidates out there, but at least like the ratios are not so stretched, right? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so when it also comes to just to zoom out too, which I think is applicable to the hiring market, I, over the next five years, I'm curious to get your thoughts too on just how cybersecurity industry is going to be evolving. Like when you think about growing your own business, which kind of companies and solutions do you feel are going to be growing the most? And do you have any thoughts there? Yeah, definitely. I do. It comes with the buzzword that we're all aware of, right? It's it's AI and it's more so generative AI, which completely just almost seems like it just came overnight, right? Um, with open AI and chat GPT and everything else, it's, it's basically the applicability to it is across all industries. And that also includes cybersecurity. Uh, very much so. There's a, a ton of these companies that are coming out. And of course, it's hard to pick which ones are going to be super successful. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot for a company to be super successful. It's not just about the tech, but it's about a lot of other things around their go-to-market strategy, about their branding, about their presence, about the type of people they have, their founders, their business model. There's so many other aspects of the company to be successful than just having awesome, good AI, right? Like it's that's not the case, right? Integrations and how they work in the environment, their use cases, so on and so forth. But in a nutshell, I do feel that's going to be the thing. It just depends on which ones will be the, the ones that are going to be successful and actually you know, be impactful for our customers. Do you think AI could be most effective in cybersecurity solutions in a tech stack or ecosystem? Where do you think you're, we're going to see the most disruption? Yeah, from that perspective, I would say I'm, I'm going to take a step back and think about it from the bad guy perspective, right? So if you think about it from the bad guy perspective, there's actually, believe it or not, and, and put them out there, there's a few of them that I've, I've been looking at, like fraud GPT and worm GPT. There's actually GPT-like applications 
that the bad guys are actually built and used to actually target their victims and their automated platforms actually create this awesome, really nicely tailored and crafted phishing emails where they look so legitimate that even I could be fooled. So it's that's how hard it's become to actually identify some maliciousness happening. Yeah. Right? So on in that same vein, that's where it's going to go is it's basically turning into rather than human versus humans, good versus bad cops and robbers, whatever you want to say, right? It's the same thing in cyber where it almost, it, it from my perspective, it, it just, it, it would be, I would th- think that it's, that's where it's going, right? It's basically bot versus bot now. Yeah. <laughs> like all these bad things that are happening automated in a generative AI form, form. And then how do we build these systems where it's basically these generative AI systems are fighting these other, <laughs> and it's just, they're fighting each other. And then the analyst is there on the end and the end user asking questions, but the bots are responding back with really good answers. And many times it's funny because these answers, it, it, what's the word that I use? It was, it's confidently wrong. Right. So when these answers come back, meaning that they're so confident and then that's that is the answer. But many times it's not. It's actually very wrong. So we have to be very aware of that, too, that, hey, is this bot actually giving you the right answer or not? So it's it's tricky. Yeah, that is tricky. That's something I've heard about with ChatGPT as well. It's a lot of the times it, it can save you a lot of time and it is accurate or at least a good starting point. But sometimes it will be completely wrong. Right. right. <laughs> so your company, it's a services company, right? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. it's funny because like my background is actually in so past, you know, three roles I was in product and actually building cyber products. But then also I've done a lot of practitioner type of stuff and actually done security services and incident response. And so I've got a background of kind of both where it just sometimes opportunities come your way and it's and you, you just have to push forward and capitalize on it. For me, yeah, right now we are, but I do have to tinker in product and build products. So we've got some skunk work projects going on as well on actual product. But at the point at this time, it's purely just how do you do security operations and how do you do it in a way where it's meaningful, impactful and, and quick, right? In, in my world, at least from a security operations perspective, time is very critical as many other industries. Time is so important, right? You have to be impactful and you have to be quick in your decisions to making sure that you're doing, you're taking the right actions and keeping the adversaries out, right? And so sure. that's what our deal is that we want to be able to, and we, we do a lot of projects type of work as well and and, and, and help organizations actually do, whether staff augmentation on cyber, cyber, the right cyber people or our project work where we're providing them some good security operations guys or threat intelligence guys or threat hunters to really keep the organizations safe. Right. My question really is around like, from the perspective of cybersecurity companies engaging with service providers, vendors, like we're seeing some shifts, right, where the market is seems to be so unstable or is so suppressed that you could argue it makes sense for companies to leverage more so outside vendors that are flexible that they can scale up or down. So on services side, right, services yeah. businesses. But to counterbalance that, I'm I'm curious how you think. AI might impact a vendor ecosystem. From the perspective of your company, do you see your service offering? It's like a cybersecurity services company. Do you see your solution changing? Are there any kind of tools that you're going to be implementing into your stack to service customers? Because that's something that I think about too. And I think a lot of leaders tuning in that might be leveraging, whether it's like a company like mine for recruiting or yours for cybersecurity, I'm wondering Mm -hmm. how much 
their thought process in terms of how they're going to leverage companies like ours is going to be changing over the next few yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. There is a lot of that. <laughs> it's a really, yeah, and, and pretty much hit on the head, right? When you're in like a, a services-based business, it's it's a combination of people process tech, right? You you need all three of them to to be able to to be very successful. And yes, you definitely need good people and good talent, right? But without the processes and technology, then you just won't be good. Or if you have just tech and then if you don't have people, then you won't be as good. Like you have to have a combination of all of them, right? So with that said, definitely we have processes in place and we've been able to um have playbooks to be able to operate efficiently. But then in addition to that, we have a research arm where we just specifically research the next up and coming wave of cyber, like what products are really out there that most customers are probably not even aware of that are doing something interesting, game changing, and they're probably not going to be in the industry analyst reports that are pushed out by Forrester and Gartner and IDC just because they're so new. But that's something that I have a knack for just being in the industry for so long. I like to actually do some research on that and understand what's really out there. So we typically partner We've got like a handful, five, maybe five to eight companies that we feel really strongly about that we've actually embedded within our own systems and we'll utilize. And then we can actually, we'll partner with them and actually whether the company is interested in, in buying something like that to enable themselves or if they can't, like usually the SMBs and the mid-market accounts many times, they just would love to, but they just don't have the, whether it's the resource or the capacity or, or the funding to be able to take that on themselves. We'll say, okay, you know what? We're going to do it for you, but we're going to use some really good, awesome enabling tech to just give you a good experience. Nice. So yeah, that's awesome. My last question would just be, because I know you're working with a range of customers. Just given where you are in the current market, where are you seeing the most demand right now? Do you see any, is it so AI, like maybe that like AI providers, or are you seeing more like more demand from enterprise, mid-market, SMB right now? Yeah, good question, James. I, I I feel like the demand really does go down into the downstream markets where they may not even know, but they're in and, and they don't even know where to go or yeah. they don't even know where to look, or they just feel they can't afford it just because they're just so much smaller. And a lot of the bigger guys in the cyber industry. They just go and give them the time of day just because cybersecurity can become very expensive. And it's just then you got to look at the the cost to, to benefit or look at the ROI and understand, like, hey, is it really worth spending a million dollars or say $500,000, whatever the number that amount is, right, um, on this one thing for cybersecurity? And who's going to come after us? We're just a small shop of 50 employees and we're not worth that much. So then the conversation goes into how much is cybersecurity worth to you? And many times it takes a, a breach or some confidential records getting exposed or customer in information getting exposed. Or even many times there's smaller startups, like they just have intellectual property, right? That could be worth a lot, like their blueprints of like their patents or things that are important. But by the cyber adversary, patents and everything goes out the window. They don't really care, right? They're going to, especially if it's in a different country, they're still going to take that information and use it and copy it and make their own products and monetize on it. And then now what is that worth to them? them? So many times what ends up happening is that after they get reached and they find that, oh, crap, I just lost $2 million in business because this other company got started in in another country. And now I have to go through lawsuits and that's taking two, three more years. 
before I could even regain that money back. And now it matters. So there is a lot of that happens, which is unfortunate, but it it all depends on how you measure, measure that, that risk versus the reward type of thing. Gotcha. But yeah, that's really interesting. I'm excited to to learn more and see how things are going to be evolving in cybersecurity, as well as just in the general employment market and the direction and how things are going to be disrupted with AI. So it's definitely a really exciting time from a hiring standpoint, employment market perspective on a macro basis to yeah. see how things are going to be shifting over the next few years. But to be honest, we're coming up on time here. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. And yeah, I, definitely. We really appreciate you sharing your insight. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, James. Yeah, of course. And for everybody tuning in, thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to the Breakthrough Hiring Show. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode and gained a lot of valuable insights to help guide your talent strategy. I also want to say thank you to my team at Secure Vision for making the show possible. Secure Vision is the number one embedded recruitment provider, and we are a three-time category leader on G2. Secure Vision partners with over 150 companies to provide on-demand recruiters who specialize in either tech, revenue, or GNA. For more information, you can visit securevision.io. For more content, you can follow me on LinkedIn at James Mackey or on Twitter at James Mackey DMV. We've dropped links in the description. If you want to be on our show or have any topics you'd like for us to cover, reach out at breakthroughhiring.io. We really appreciate your support with reviews on Apple Podcasts. And lastly, make sure to tune in every Tuesday and Thursday for a new episode. See you next time.